Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another weekly installment of the Duo Sense Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Orozco, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the unnecessary one. He's always down for the cause, never down for the count. What's up, guys? The self-titled Lost Cause. Yep. Johnny. Bro, that's my gamer name. Why are you going to just... They don't even know how to... I didn't say how to spell it, okay? Ah, they're going to find it. I didn't say how to spell it, so it's no big deal. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Hopefully you had a great week so far. And uh, we invite you to spend the next hour, maybe hour 10, if you're on your commute or just reclining in your chair after a hard day of work, and spend your time with us as we cover the latest in this week's video game news. Johnny, let's begin with our first piece, shall we? Sure. Our first news story for this episode is there's a report this comes from polygon by the way uh nicole carpenter that is the writer for this article report netflix really wants to get into video games the article says netflix is reportedly searching for an executive to head up an expansion into video games according to a report published friday by the information that's a weird source the information does this sound sinister it's a magazine or what? i think it's a website or it's a magazine but it sounds sinister the information Sounds like a tacky. Doesn't it sound like like, a, like like when the CIA pretends to like blend in? Yeah, it sounds like a generic name. Exactly like for a soda in a film or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Okay, the report suggests Netflix has approached multiple quotations veteran game industry executives and quotations regarding the position, which would expand its efforts in video games. The information reported that Netflix is considering a bundle of games available via a subscription. Kind of like the Apple Arcade. The Apple Bundle launched in 2019 with a number of exclusive and time-exclusive games available for $4.99 a month. Apple has continued to support the platform by adding new games at a pretty consistent pace. A Netflix spokesperson told Polygon the company is excited to do more with interactive entertainment. The full statement is available below. It says, our members value the variety and quality of our content. It's why we've continually expanded our offering from series to documentaries film, local language originals, and reality TV. Members also enjoy engaging more directly with stories they love through interactive shows like Bandersnatch and You vs. Wild, or games based on Stranger Things, La Casa de Papel, and To All the Boys. So we're excited to do more with interactive entertainment. Uh, Let's see, is there any more information relevant to this? It says Netflix has also produced games before with third-party developers based off its Stranger Things series. A Stranger Things mobile game and Stranger Things 3 the game. Details regarding Netflix's reported gaming expansion still remain minimal, but it's been clear over the past few years that the company is interested in new interactive mediums. Uh, we're just going to end it right there. There's a little more information if you guys want to check out the article. I don't want to give away all the goods, but there's more information if you guys want to check it out at Polygon. Uh, again, this article is written by Nicole Carpenter. Johnny, how do you feel about this? It feels like I'm down for this. I like this. Do you? Yeah. Are there any IPs that Netflix has that you think you might want to play on a console? I'm thinking, I think Stranger Things, if you haven't played the Stranger Things 3 game, it's kind of like a top down. I'm trying to think the best way to compare it to is have you ever played the game uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors? Yeah, I played the game. Okay. Uh, the Stranger Things 3 game is very similar to that. Oh, that was very lame. Okay. Well, that's, that's an old Super Nintendo game. Uh, when I think of... Well, I'm like, talking about Stranger Things. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. We're talking about Netflix IPs that would make good games. I like to see the... I'm trying to think. Obviously, Cobra Kai would be dope as a game. Uh, there is already a Cobra Kai game that came out recently. It's a side-scrolling 2D brawler, but it's mm-hmm. just not that great. Like, reviews are kind of just like, eh. Like, unless you're a hardcore Cobra Kai fan, then, then maybe try it. But if you're not, like, it's not worth it, I hear. There was, um, I think of Netflix, like, exclusive stuff. I'm thinking, like, um, what's that one movie with Sandra Bullock where she had to like, cover her eyes with a blindfold? Something, it was, like, Birdcage or something like that called, right? Bird something? I think it was Birdcage. Right? Or was it? I think it's called, like, Birdcage or something. That I, would be interesting. That would be cool. Because it's kind of, like, a horror kind of mystery thing where, like, People, like, I think, what was it the premise? Like, they see things and that thing kills them or whatever, right? So, are you thinking about uh, IPs 
that translate well to video games or just like the best stuff that they have there where it's just like fuck it just just make a game out of this I'm thinking well cuz the way I took your question was which you said I think it was Bird Box. I mean oh, that Bird that, Box there that you go. to That's me right. does not translate well to a video game. Well cuz your question to me was which Netflix IPs I would like to see as games, right? That's what you asked. So this is just like your personal thing like I really would like this IP so I just want to make it a game. It's not necessarily No, it's more like if I had to make a game from uh, these IPs okay. that Netflix owns, which one would be most like popular or viable for that format? Uh-huh. Well, in that case what I would like to see is uh, that series I told you about, um, Love, Death, and Robots. Oh. Robots, that game. There's a couple anime. I think they own the IP for that. Um, there's... How would that work, though? Because isn't it like an anthology where like none of the episodes are connected to each other? Yeah, they're all self-contained stories. So how would that work as a game? Mm, I don't know. Okay. I have no idea, but that's something I just want to see uh, into video games. Uh but there's like Black Mirror. Those are also self-contained. Right. But the theme of that Twilight is show. interesting. Or um, some anime. I think they own a, a Jean. Uh, Knights of Sidonia. Um, Knights of Sidonia? Like the song? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Knights of Sidonia. That's like a song from Muse. So I wonder if there's a reference. I wonder if that's a connection there. I was... Okay, the way I'm looking at it, it's like a multifaceted thing. It's either A... It sounds like they want to bundle and like offer games as like part of the service, the Netflix service, where like you can play games straight from your like from the Netflix app, kind of like how they mentioned like the Apple Arcade in the in the article. B, they do the thing they do with Banner Snatch, where they make movies or shows interactive as like a choose your own adventure thing. That's that's what excites me most. I would rather see more of that. Or C, well, you just talked about licensing IPs out to like developers to make actual games. Yeah, I didn't like Bandersnatch, but I like the concept of it though. Yeah, but it was if you're talking about having more things like Bandersnatch, I'm not into that. But it's it be it's like that game you like until dawn just apply to a movie, right? Okay, but how are they offering the service? Like now that you mentioned that, are it says that details are still uh... details regarding Netflix's reported gaming expansion still remain minimal. If they offer it the way that they that Bandersnatched that offering, I I don't like it. But if they put it on a console, or if maybe they put it on mobile, okay. When you say they put it on console, do you mean like games made of their IPs? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so. that's what I want. Ah, okay, okay. But the interface of Bandersnatch was fucking lame. I don't think it was lame. I it's probably you just probably didn't care for the story or that sh- or that specific movie. But imagine if they did one for like you like Ozark, right? Yeah. Like, what if there was, like, a multi-ended, like, Ozark episode where you could, like, choose the outcome? Like, that probably would, like, capture you, right? If there was a Cobra Kai version of this where I could watch, like, an episode of Cobra Kai and I can choose, like, the outcome, like, I would be all over that. Where you just choose the options and let the scenes play themselves out with, like, multiple endings. I would I would be so into that. That would be so cool. Like, Okay, but in Bandersnatch, you had to go from the beginning and make decisions, right? Yes. I don't really feel like doing that for something that's more like film, and you gotta rewatch all these paths. I'm not into that. If it was a game, I imagine there'd be like a chapter selection option, probably. Like once you unlock, like there's some games I played where like they play out that way, and then you can go back to like the last decision you made and choose the other de- decision, and you can go back even before that and like choose the other options, where you work backwards instead of starting over from the beginning. In a game, I think it works, but in Netflix, the way they did it, I. I wasn't into it. I wasn't in, into going to into the back and forth and all that. So are you still are you excited to see Netflix in this space, or do you feel like they should kind of just like no? Snatch? I like I like the idea. Yeah. But you want it to be like take our shows and make full length games out of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I imagine Ozark would be would be like a GTA kind of formula, where it's like drug deals and like cops and like like chasing chases and stuff. Well, like you that. think they they have an intention in, of making like serious triple-a games or are these just I, be no. little cash grabs yeah i think they would probably just give it to a developer and developers like hey do what you want with it like just cut us in on whatever the sales you make i imagine it'd be a little mixed of both triple a and like mobile stuff because they already kind of do that with like like cobra kai has a mobile uh game it's like a card game it's kind of dumb stranger things like i mentioned the article has a mobile game and like a regular game game you buy once and, but like a free to play mobile game too so it's like it, it seems like they're they pretty much 
have experience in every single avenue of like game development from AAA to like free to play to like interactive experiences to like all sorts of like other stuff. Do you trust them more than Stadia? Does it I feel like a Stadia type of deal. Yes, because Netflix already has the IP, and that's like that's what you need to grab people. Where Stadia was kind of like didn't have anything original, like there was no that's exclusives to Stadia. Yeah. So I think Netflix might have an in, and they've already like they're already in everybody's like homes and stuff on mobile. Like they're already like embedded in our society in a way. Mm-hmm. Netflix has like that foothold already. So it wouldn't be too hard to be like, hey, like check out this game that we made or have made about um. I don't know what was that. What was that major thing that everybody was on about the tiger, the tiger. Tiger King. Was it called Tiger King? What was it called? I'm pretty sure it was Tiger King. Okay, imagine there's some kind of game, zoo management sim based on that or something. I don't. This sounds like what we did last about a couple of weeks ago when we did the Cobra Kai uh, pitch for this for the game. Or just coming up with like possible games for Netflix IPs. Maybe we should add that to the pitch. Overall, I'm down with this. Do you like it? Yep. I like it as long as it's either the what we just talked about or if it's the interactive experience. Them doing like the bundle thing where like they just add games as part of the service that are just like regular games you, you and I wouldn't normally buy. Yeah. You and I would normally buy just doesn't seem like it's worth it. Like, oh, for an extra four bucks a month, you get access to these games that you can already get. It's like, eh. Yeah, I think... That's not very, like, I original. I think what we're thinking that they might do is maybe, like, way beyond the scope of what they really want to do. You know? I don't think... Well, maybe for you, but for me, asking them to do more interactive experiences, I don't think that's beyond their scope. They've already done it. No, I, I talk. I'm, I mean, like, putting it on platforms, like a full AAA type of game. Oh, Okay. Well, they wouldn't be the ones developing. They would just be lending the license out. Kind of like what Disney was doing with EA. Like, Disney wasn't doing crap. They were just giving them access to it to, like, do whatever they want with it. Like, if 2K or Rockstar was like, hey, like, we'll make, like, a full-fledged, like, whatever game on, like, I'm sure they'd be like, okay. Yeah, the reason I kind of do have faith in it is because Netflix spends, like, a fuck ton of money on the productions that they already make. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think money is really an issue for Netflix. And they're really trying to figure out, like, what the hell are we going to do with all these all these funds, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like rich people problems. Yeah. I have all this money and nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's our views on it. Moving on. Uh, we'll see what happens, right? We'll see, I guess, in a few years where anything comes out of this. And if not, then it just gets swept under the rug. Uh, next thing uh, Johnny brought up to me, to my attention, was this game Lies of P. Which uh, we're getting this one from again Polygon again a different article this one by Anna Diaz it says Lies of P sorry Lies of P answers the question what if From Software made Pinocchio which to me I instantly think of like Bloodborne because it has like that setting I thought it was a From Software type of game I thought it was their IP but it's not but we'll see uh, let's go down to the article Lies of P is a new Souls like so that's like kind of like the genre like. Bloodborne. Souls-like action RPG that blends the classic children's story Pinocchio with the plague-filled horrors of Bloodborne. Developed by Round 8 Studios and published by NeoWiz, the game is slated to come to Google Stadia <laughs> we'll see about that. PlayStation 5, Windows PC, and Xbox Series X in 2023. Again, we'll see about that. Liza P looks like a horrifying take on the Toy Becomes Boy classic. The first part of the trailer shows a rat squirming out of what appears to be a dead man's mouth. It's a far cry from the cheery tale many people know from the animated Disney film. The release footage, a cinematic trailer, shows a decrepit, snow-covered European city that is desolate except for one walking figure. An old man with a snow-white beard and a monocle who must be Geppetto. He drags a large trunk into what appears to be a church that happens to resemble the Parisian uh, Parisian, I think it's called, uh, Cathedral Notre Dame, or, I'm sorry, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame is the college, Notre Dame, shrieks ring through the church, and we see a white mechanized monster with blue eyes laying destroyed on the floor, the teaser ends with Geppetto putting the final touches on a fancy young lad who has a mechanical hand, the developers told IGN that the game will incorporate a lie system where what you do and say will impact gameplay, that sounds actually kind of cool, 
which is a connection to the story of Pinocchio, where the main character's nose grows each time he tells a lie. However, beyond that, we don't know all that much about the game, and this is just the first look at the new project. Yeah, there's a little bit more. There's another paragraph that just talks about other Pinocchio-themed uh, media, like the movies and books and like adaptations. So we saw the trailer. I saw the trailer recently. Johnny, I'm pretty sure you saw the trailer too, right? I think you did. Yeah, the trailer looks dope. I was a little bit disappointed when I found out it wasn't from some from software because I saw the game and I was like, okay, I'm finally going to get a game from, from that I want to play. And then I saw that it wasn't from from and I kind of lost interest. It's hard to say. Um, my thoughts and feelings on it are kind of just like scattered. Like it looks cool, but like, like you mentioned, like it's not like a proven thing yet, right? Because I've never heard of this. Yeah, I've been seeing gameplay or any of that. I've never heard of this studio. I don't know. Any, I don't know anything about like their track record. It's really easy to make like a trailer that looks cool and then just not deliver on the finished product. Mm-hmm. That said, I am cautiously optimistic because if it's if they're basing it off like if it's gonna be an action RPG that's like in the vein of like Souls like games, all you have to do is just really nail really simple combat to make it good make it really good make it a make the controls feel tight make it so that the game is not overly brutal yet still fair like it still like presents a challenge i feel like you can do that from doesn't have any of that hard disagree johnny hard disagree Sekiro, Sekiro, Sekiro does have that okay Johnny has an issue with Bloodborne in those games because he feels sluggish not realizing that you're supposed to feel sluggish in those games that's part of like how your character moves is like that heavy feeling. Yeah, but you say tight controls, and I don't think you can say tight controls until you've played that Stranding. Okay, irrelevant. But Sekiro fixes the complaints you have about Bloodborne, John. You need to play it. Sekiro. Yes. Because that game's more about like fast movement and fluid like like attacks. It plays very differently. It it's like the Bloodborne games in the sense that you die easily. Yeah, I something mean, Souls about like, those Souls games, like. though, whatever, fuck it, we're already on the topic. Something about those games, when I move around, it just doesn't have that fluid feeling. Like uh, It's not supposed to. No, but like <laughs> even when I walk around, it feels like I'm walking on ice. Oh, like, you're like when slipping? I turn the corners, it just or like clunky. doesn't feel natural about it. Yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying, where it's designed it on purpose like... to feel heavy and like kind of like... Uh, it reminds me of how Gears of War used to feel when I was younger. Where, like, I felt like you move around very, like... Like, when the camera zooms in, like, at the low angle, and, like, you move kind of, like, hefty. Yeah, okay, okay, but even the animation... It, the animations don't give you cues that, that feel natural. Like, for instance, you go in a direction, and the character doesn't necessarily make, like... What, if you turn around, it doesn't give you that crook, that cue in your brain, like, okay, this guy's heavy, there's gonna be some, like, momentum to his body, you know? Right. You get that feeling too? Or? Kind. I get what you're saying, but like that's designed on purpose because in Sekiro, Sekiro, the character is like way lighter and he's supposed to be because he's kind of like a samurai ninja kind of character. And so in that game, like the feeling of like you feel light, like you jump high, you can like, you have like a grapple hook thing that like you zip around up with mm-hmm. and like you feel like kind of like Batman-ish where it's like light and like agile. Okay, I'll give and that that's one because, more time. like in the Souls like games, you're wearing like suits of armor. You're burdened down by your weapons. Like you're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to feel like fluid and light and like acrobatic. It's designed that way. Okay, I might try Sekiro a little more. Before Sekiro that. might be more your speed, I think. Okay. And there's like a. It's like you're like far. There's like a huge. It's third person. You're like far away, so that might make you feel like less dizzy. Good point. That said, uh, I like this. I like this idea of the lying mechanic. Like, yeah, like. Like you can like change the outcome of like certain events. Like I imagine like there's like some kind of karma system and like you could probably lie to like avoid certain like hard Did they say it was an RPG? Action RPG, which is like what the Souls like games are. Because you do level up because you can like spend points to improve like your stats and stuff. Hmm. I imagine for like Pinocchio, if he has like a this it mentions that has like an arm, like a mechanical arm thing in Sekiro, you have a mechanical arm like early in the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can, like, swap it out for, like, it's, like, your grappling hook. It's, like, your, like, defense thing. It's, like, you can shoot, like, shurikens from it. You can use, like, flames from it. It's, like, a, it's like a, like a switch, like a Swiss Army knife kind of thing. So, I imagine they're probably going to do the same thing with Pinocchio. If that's, like, what the, the character actually ends up being. 
Okay. It sounds like a mixture of Bloodborne, like the theme of like gothic horror, with possibly like the fluidity and speed of Sekiro. Like that's like a perfect ma- mashup right there. So I'm cautiously optimistic because it's like it's it's very um, ambitious in scope, but I guess we'll have to see if they can pull it off. And if not, and ends up being bad, I guess maybe their nose will grow. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a funny transition, and Johnny's just kind of like, like nah. Yeah, I looked at the board, and I was like, yeah. I saw his head like, kind of like, like, like nah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Next story. This comes from The Gamer. One of my favorite favorite outlets. It says, PS5 outsells Xbox Series X S slash S 2 to one during first quarter of 2021 that is a mouthful this article comes to us by josh colson it says twice as many ps5s were sold during the first three months of this year than series x or s consoles again i'm gonna read the same because <laughs> i read like the you know the sub headline and i read the article and then, like the sub headline is usually the same thing just again ps5 sales were more than double that of the xbox series xs in the first quarter of 2021 but both consoles were eclipsed by the nintendo switch the sales figures for all major consoles are in for the first quarter of 2021, and despite ongoing shortages, PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox all have reason to celebrate. Ampere Analysis reports 2.83 million PS5s were sold during the first three months of the year. More than twice the numbers shifted by Xbox, which sold 1.31 million Series X and S consoles during the same time period. While that is bad news for Xbox, which is hoping to be on more of a level playing field with PlayStation this generation, Microsoft did reveal its hardware revenue is 232% up year on year. Despite the excitement generated by the new consoles heading into 2021, everything PlayStation and Xbox had to offer was overshadowed by the Nintendo Switch. In fact, the Switch sold more units in the PS5 and Series XS combined during the first quarter of 2021 way more at 5.86 million switches sold nintendo published its numbers for the financial year ending march 2021 earlier this year in which it revealed its newest consoles lifetime sales have now surpassed 84 million units sold leaving the xbox 360 eating its dust odds are its popularity will continue to grow if rumors of a switch pro turn out to be true the question remains, how well would these consoles have performed if it weren't for the production issues all of them faced? Despite PS5s being notoriously hard to find, PlayStation still managed to sell 7.8 million of them before the end of its first fiscal year. That's a slight improvement on the PS4, which sold 7.6 million during its own first few months. A promising start when you consider the PS4 is up to 115 million units sold and still going strong. Uh, we're going to end it there. There's like a little more, but uh, it's not How much super... is the Switch right now? Switch is still, I believe, $300. I'm equally surprised and not surprised just because the Switch at this point is like five years old. And like mm-hmm. I'm thinking like at this point, I figured everybody who wanted a Switch would have had it within the first five years of its life. Yeah, and they'd be waiting for the next yeah. iteration. Like, the only reason I can think you're probably getting another Switch is because a kid five years ago probably couldn't play it and now can kind of thing. Okay. And also because if you're looking for something to play and you're not somebody who like is up to speed on like the latest and like greatest in graphics and you have like a soft spot for like Pokemon or Mario, then that's why you would jump on. Yeah. That might also be because the switch currently has more games to offer. I don't know this, but maybe it has more games to offer than the Xbox and the PS for that console specifically. Are you talking about like PS4 and PS5? I mean, PS5 and Xbox Series? Yeah, like the PS5 and the Xbox Series S, mm-hmm. X, whatever. Both, yeah. Yeah. They, they're they not offering as far as quantity as, mu- as many games as uh, Nintendo currently has. That's a good That's a good point. Yeah, they don't have like the, the exclusives. I feel like Nintendo has always shined when it comes to exclusives because like they're just like we talked about this last week when we talked about like how. Uh, uh, was it Epic Games reached out to like all three and like even bother with Nintendo because like no like Nintendo's not gonna cooperate with us because Nintendo knows like as long as it has ex- its exclusives its first party lineup like that's all it needs to like remain a competitor in the like the play field right 
Yeah. Like Mario, Pokemon, Zelda, Smash, Star... Well, maybe not Star Fox now, but uh, Metroid. Like, all of those... All the stuff that makes for strong Nintendo first-party IP. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be, like, it's bread and butter. And so, like, if you were looking... Like, let's say if you were, for the last five years... Somewhere like on like deployment or somewhere where you don't have access to games, and you were to come back and you're like, like what's like the hot stuff like I want to play? Mm-hmm. I probably would be tempted to sway you to point you towards the Switch, just cause like there's Smash, there's Mario Odyssey, there's Breath of the Wild, there's Pokemon Sword and Shield, Pokemon Snap, there's Hades, there's all these like great games that are on the Switch that like are fun and like enjoyable on their own. Yeah, and it's only three hundred bucks. But the games themselves still are pricey. Yeah, Nintendo. So that's why I'm like a little. Nintendo confused. games, Nintendo first party games don't really go down in valuation, mm-hmm. except for like Black Friday and like rarely stuff like that. There was a point last year during Black Friday where you could have got like a lot of the Switch titles for half off. Like Mario Odyssey was like thirty bucks. Uh, Yoshi, that Yoshi game was like thirty bucks. Stuff like that happens once in like a generation. But I'm kind of surprised Xbox has been struggling again because like two to one, like that's what it was like last generation. I think even more so with PS4 and one, where like I think that was obviously due to like the bad marketing they had. Remember, where like you couldn't share the games, you couldn't. So like they were off to a bad start last generation. But like this generation, I thought they would have like the full like reboot. Like here no, we go. We had Craig. Yeah, but the Halo games aren't even out yet. Well, it's supposed to be out. By and now. like I still believe uh, it's an almost like a fact but still an opinion that the game pa- game pass is like the best deal for like bang for your buck and i'm surprised like the whole game pass thing hasn't like been like enough to push sales as much as like playstation do you think johnny that the sales of the switch exceeding the ps5 and xbox series x slash s is it just because they're hard to find and people are just settling for what they can find or do you think like there's actually like a renewed interest in like the switch doing well with like the switch light and like the games are coming out for it do you think we're just buying it because they have to buy something and that's what's available i think it just has more to do with with it being difficult to find so people are just buying consoles or like buying the switch because i remember there was a surge well, it's, it's the quarantine right yeah that's what i was about to say to do, so. that's what i was about to say i remember the start of quarantine like the surge of the like of switch sales like went up because people wanted something to play at yeah, home yeah i think if it wasn't for the quarantine people would be like fuck it let's just go to my with my friends to the beach and they, they'd have shit to do you know i think also for the if it wasn't for the quarantine i think supplies for the ps5 and xbox series would be much more plentiful as well yeah but you think uh, nintendo already had a overstock of switches or are they having a chip supply as well from what i understand the switch doesn't have the same exact issues i don't think it's the same chip issue no, it's not going to be the same chip, but yeah. they still got to manufacture right. some type of chip. Right, but the the shortage with switches for a while was because they closed all the factories, not because they're because they were primarily, I think, being made in China, and so there was a point where like they closed the factories because of COVID, and like later, but it wasn't felt for like months later with a production like kind of like didn't catch up, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But now I think they're doing better now. Like now they've caught up to like that delayed production. I don't know. I feel against Nintendo is like the cheap, the cheaper, fat, more family friendly, more like plentiful option. That too. I mean, you can imagine during the quarantine, all these parents got to take care of their kids, you know? Mm-hmm. So they just fucking throw money at some console and a ton of games. Here's another screen. Let that be your babysitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. I think, yeah, I think, I think we hit the nail on the head. Like those are like the main factors for like the Switch's dominance uh, in this past quarter. I'm just, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm just surprised that the Xbox is trailing so far behind considering, like, neither console has, like, an exclusive right now other than Returnal and the other one being the Medium. And both of those games are kind of just, like, those aren't, like, heavy hitters, you know what I mean? Wait, what did you say about the Medium? The Medium, like, Xbox has the Medium, that's, like, it's one major, like, exclusive it has so far, just like how PS has... It's temporary. ...has Returnal, as it's, like, one major, like, exclusive right now. So I'm surprised, like, the gulf between both of them is so huge, especially with Game Pass in Xbox's favor. then we got things like Ratchet & Clank coming out. 
Do you think that's what it is? That people are like a lot of people are saying that. Are they they're looking? Is it that they're looking? For, on that. Is it they're looking forward to Ratchet and Clank, or is it they just know like the first party lineup for the for Sony is like always fire? I think so because I mean they've already promised us Horizon and God of War, and there's a lot of shit coming out for Sony. That's like when I feel like when. So Sony you think says, it's like an early investment in the long run? Is what's what's yeah I right mean, now? What does Xbox Xbox offer so far? That's like we're gonna have this shit like for sure. You know, there's Halo, Halo. eventually. Uh, okay, well, Forza maybe. I don't think Gears of War. Obviously, obviously Gears of War. But there's War. no trailer out for that. There's no like. Yeah, those are further along that. the line. Yeah. Further along the line. And then there's Medium, but Medium is a timed exclusive. That's right. You're right about that. I forgot. Okay. All right. So that's the info for that. Uh, let's go on to our next story, Johnny. The next one we have. And it's not so much a story as much as a list of things going on. As we near closer to the summer, although it's hard to believe because it's kind of cold where we're at, where we are at, it's cold. We have a few gaming uh, events coming up in the summer starting next month. Obviously, E3 is a big one, but there's a couple more events in the vicinity of E3. Sort of like if E3 is the sun, there's a few satellites and moons of gaming this around it right mm-hmm. so going over to uh, pc games they have a full comprehensive list if you want to check it out it says it's a uh, pc games and the article i believe is called e3 2021 schedule summer game fest like that's like the actual name of the article uh i'm just gonna list off the different things are going on there's the indie live expo uh starts june 5th saturday at about i'm not sure what jst is that japanese i don't know what j i don't know though what time is that jst anyways starts june 5th you can look it up later uh the indie live expo broadcasts on saturday june 5th at 2 a.m pdt and 5 a.m edt and 10 a.m bst i don't know what any of those mean this will be the third annual run of the show an event predominantly focused on indie games in the asian market okay that makes sense now Previous broadcasts have featured creators like Swery and Toby Fox, and while you probably shouldn't expect massive news here, you can look forward to highlights from some very cool indie games. So if you want to check out indie games, there you go, June 5th, Indie Live Expo. Then there's the Gorilla Collective to day one. That's June 5th also. Gorilla Collective is a back is back for a double round of showcases featuring major indies. That sounds like an oxymoron. Major indies. Kind of like jumbo shrimp. A mid uh, major indies, a mid-sized publisher, a mid-sized publishers. Over eighty games will be at the two shows, and the announced partners include Two Awesome Studio, Five Hundred Five Games, Akupara Games, All In Games, Goblin Studio, Fellow Traveler, Good Shepherd, Graffiti Games, Humble Games, Head Up, Hype Train. I like that name. That's a cool name for a dev. Hype Train. We're the Hype Train. Inner Sloth, Tiny Build. And the newly rebranded Neon Doctrine, formerly another indie. Perfect World, and then there's like some other ones. Uh, the first showcase will take place on Saturday, June 5th at 8 a.m. Again, that's uh, PDT. It'll be followed by the return of the Black Voices in Gaming segment at 10 a.m. PDT. Let's move on to Summer Games Fest. This is a, one of the major ones, right? This one's the Jeff Keighley one. June 10th. Summer Games Festival kicks off live. Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest begins with the kickoff live show, a two-hour broadcast set to broadcast on Thursday, June 10th at 11 a.m. PDT. I really need to figure out what PDT stands for. Over a dozen premier game announcements will be there, as well as Weezer. Johnny, do you know Weezer? I don't listen to them. Do you know who they are? Yep. Okay. The Beverly Hills. That's where I want to be. Nope. Oh. Really? You don't know that one? Mm-mm. Okay. This is Summer Games Fest premiere event, but there will be more throughout the month of June. So if you guys remember Summer Games Fest last year was like, Jesus, it was like three months long. <laughs> it took forever. <laughs> so how many days is it in total? This is a kickoff for June 10th, but it just says that there will be like other stuff throughout the month of June. Like it's not comprehensive. It's kind of just like a shorthand list. June 12th is the other Gorilla Collective Day, day two. Uh, again, this will be June 12th at 8 a.m. PDT. Uh, moving on to the big boy, E3 is June 12th through the 15th. Uh, E3 this year is a digital event running from Saturday, June 12th through Tuesday, June 15th. 
will feature both press conferences and a video stream running through all four days of the event. The show's digital experience, which will exist in both app and online portal form alongside all the more traditional daily streams, will let you explore a number of virtual exhibitor booths for events. Curious how that works. Video content and articles from each publisher. I think this basically means that each participating publisher will just have its own spot on the E3 website and app, but hey, maybe there's going to be a VR E3 show floor or something. There won't be. <laughs> it's in parentheses. There will also be a number of forums and online lounges if you want to join strangers on the internet in pretending to be at E3. That sounds kind of sad. <laughs> like a virtual space, like kind of like a, like you just move your character around on a virtual floor. So what is that exactly? Like there's a camera in there and then you just pan around? It sounds like what it is. There's two components. There's like the press conferences, which is like what you normally watch. Like go to this web. This is the direct. This is what we have to offer. And this is in a video stream running through all four days of the event. So I'm thinking it's going to highlight different studios like just like on a loop. Okay. Uh, It says, if I can editorialize here for a minute, I'm pretty sure the ESA is just saying that there will be a fancy website for E3. All these things are literally just describing a website, the author says. So it sounds like it's just going to be like a website with a streaming like loop. Okay. Uh, Nintendo, Xbox, Ubisoft, Take-Two, Capcom, Warner Brothers, and Coke, Coke, Coke oh, take two. Oh, Media were all announced as the first wave of partners for E3. Oh, so Johnny, Nintendo and Xbox are going to be part of E3. Remember earlier I said they probably would just do their own, their own Nintendo Direct? Yeah. It sounds like they will have some kind of hand in it. And Focus Home Interactive plans to announce three major titles at E3 ahead of a larger reveal at the Game Awards in December. Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Gearbox, Xseed, Verizon, Freedom Games, Devious Eye Entertainment, Turtle Beach, and Binge.com have all joined E3 as a second wave of announced partners. The Bandai Namco name will likely be the most notable one in the list for a certain segment of news-hungry fans as this company is the publisher of Elden Ring. Bandai Namco's E3 presence was revealed early ahead of today's announcement, and the robust Elden Ring fandom is already going wild in its usual way. A number of media outlets, including Polygon, IGN, GameSpot, GamesRadar, and PC Gamer, will also be working with E3 on various types of content. So far, only three specific shows have been confirmed from E3's partners, the Ubisoft Forward, PC Gaming Show, and the Future Game Show. June 12th is the Ubisoft Forward. Ubisoft's usual E3 showcase will take place on Saturday, June 12th at 12 p.m. PDT. There are no details yet on what will be announced at that show, but it also it's safe to expect updates on Far Cry 6 and whatever the new name of Rainbow Six Quarantine will be. Because that name, not a good choice given the light of recent... It's a great name. Quarantine? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. No, but it's just kind of like... I mean, it kind of is... Not insensitive. It's just it's, it's just a good name. It's just too on the nose. So what? It feels kind of like 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 cheesy. I think not insensitive. It just feels cheesy. It's not like they put out a game during two thousand one and it's called Twin Towers. That would be insensitive. Yeah. Okay. The real question is whether we'll get news on titles that have been MIA for ages, like Beyond Good and Evil Two and Skull and Bones. Johnny, do you remember Skull and Bones? Not the not the people from Yale. I mean, like, the game Skull and Bones. Then no. You are about to say that, weren't you? No. Oh, okay. Skull and Bones was the... It's supposed to be that ship-to-ship pirate game combat game that we saw, like, a long time ago. No, I don't remember. Where it's kind of like Sea of Thieves, but it's, like, from Ubisoft, and it's, like, from above, kind of, sort of. Like, it's basically just naval warfare, like, ship-to-ship combat. And, like, that game looked dope, in my opinion. Wait, what year was that? This was shown, like, three years ago, I think. No, I don't think I saw it. And, like, they haven't heard of it in like since then at all. Like, nothing. But they refuse to say that it's canceled. Oh, wasn't it, like, a spinoff? It was... You can tell, like, they took inspiration from the Assassin's Creed games because, yeah. like, the naval warfare was, like, stripped straight from that game. Yeah, yeah. But, like, they have, they refuse to say it's canceled and they just refuse to give an update on it. So, we'll see. June 13th is the PC gaming show. Uh, we don't really care about that. <laughs> June 16th through June 12th, I mean, sorry, June 16th through June 22nd is the Steam Next Fest. Steam Next Fest is the rebranded rebranded version of the Steam Games Festival, and it'll be pretty similar in focus. There'll be a pile of developer live streams and hundreds of free game demos to enjoy throughout the six-day event. That sounds cool. 100, 100 free demos? 
June. It just says Summer Game Fest. It doesn't say like when it concludes, but it's more Summer Games Fest. And that's about it. That's all the wait. No, no, no. We got more. July twenty second is is the EA Play Live. That's like where EA does like their major thing with like more Madden and more MMA stuff and more Need for Speed and more whatever else EA makes. I'm blanking. Maybe Star. Where are we gonna get Jedi Fallen Order two or something? I don't know. Um, just expect expect a lot of EA stuff. Then August twenty four is Gamescom. That's like the European version of E three, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says we're really stretching the idea of E three here, but that's been the way for several years now. European game show Gamescom has established its Jeff Keighley hosted opening night live event as a major part of the game news palooza every year. And while we don't yet know. Anything specific that will be at the show this year, it's a safe bet there will be enough major news and announcements to make this worth watching. One last thing. I Why is this? Okay. October 16th is a DC fandom, which has like nothing to do with games. Uh, it says, it remains to be seen whether this will be a gaming event at all. But since last year's DC fandom featured early reveals for both Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, and Gotham Knights... It's safe to expect updates on both games here ahead of their planned launches in 2022. I guess, but that's already like not summer. October's like already the fall. And yeah, that's like so far away in the future that I don't even know why I read that. But anyways, if you want to see this full list that I literally just read, you can find it on PCGamesN.com. Johnny! There's too much shit going on. <laughs> not as far as content. I, I really like the content. I do. But all these fucking dates announcements. are annoying, dude. Yeah. I feel like they should find a way to structure these events so it's not like last year where it was like three months of reveals and like I think after the second month most people kind of just stopped caring. I feel like they I didn't notice how there was no mention of the Sony like uh play. Uh, well, I'm, I'm okay if it's three months, but I I'd rather have like one giant day per for the month, you know. But everybody wants their moment to shine, Johnny. Yeah. Of these, are is there anything? Do any of these outside of E three proper like appeal to you, or are you just gonna be like, I'll just, I'll just wait out till I hear about it later. A lot of the stuff is studios I don't reckon, I don't recognize, like a lot of indie stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited. I mean, I just want to see the Xbox stuff, the PlayStation stuff, and e the stuff that's gonna be in in E three, whatever that is. But the summer, what is it called? The Summer Games Fest. Mm-hmm. Nothing really appealed. What do you think? Summer Games Fest might be good. Uh, I feel like the most of the stuff that's like really good is usually announced early on. As for me, I'll probably just look at E3 and like the Ubisoft, the EA, the uh, the major like the the big boys, the AAA like announcements. Mm-hmm. Noticeably, there was no mention of a PlayStation uh, State of Play. Mm-hmm. There was no mention, so I guess we don't have a definitive date on that yet. I can't imagine the summer. The summer. The summer. The summer will pass without PlayStation saying something. Yeah, they're gonna drop something. So because they did last year. Yeah. So we'll see. That's kind of it for our stories for this week. Johnny, what did you? You had a couple things you wanted to like rattle off about, right? Not a whole lot. It was. I mean, Dual Sense is coming out with a uh, new schemes for colors. Right, the something magenta, magnetic red was it? No, something red. Cosmic red. I Cosmic think. red. It looks really nice. It looks kind of like more like a mauve, uh, not mauve. What's the color? Like magenta, kind of. Really, you got magenta. It doesn't look like red. It doesn't look like a pure red. It looks more like a pinkish red, kind of. Yeah. It looks really good though. It looks really cool. And they had the black and grayish one, which is like what people wanted since like the very beginning. That's like what show, I want. show That's... us the black controller, the black console scheme. I want that console, the the gray and the black. Mm-hmm. As far as the control, a color that I would want is I like the um the old N sixty four controls, the translucent ones. How so, come they don't make those anymore? No, those are the dopest ones, dude. Like maybe uh, everything was like see through back like in the nineties and early two thousands. I want a purple translucent one. Uh, I don't know about purple. Well, purple, red, or green. I want a rose gold PS five controller, just like the PS four controller. Just flat like that, rose gold. Yeah, I like that color scheme, like that copper look. I like it. It's dope color, but uh, I'd like it if it's metallic, not in plastic. No. Mm. Um. So there was that. Square Enix might have a surprise game. I don't know. That's getting into speculation. Uh, that's the rumor that's going. That's a rumor that's going. I don't have an exact source on that, but it's like a rumor I've seen on a lot of forums and just like YouTube comments and stuff. There's like a 
somewhere in the aether there's like a suggestion that square enix has like a non an, an unannounced possibly final fantasy or another kind of game coming out yeah there's a uh, time splitters that got announced but i've never played that game right johnny neither johnny nor i have any uh connection to the time splitter series but we know a couple people such as past guest uh brian are huge time splitter fans i don't know if joe is but i know brian is definitely a time splitters fan and there is a fan there's a fandom there is like a niche uh support group for it looks a little bit like riddick because he's bald with glasses yeah with those weird glasses yeah i can see that but that's it i think we're having news all right so we're done with johnny's quick fire announcement after announcement Johnny, what have we what have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? I've been taking a break. I've been in Zen mode, just doing a lot of gardening, some drawing, uh, played a little Fortnite, but not very much. I've been trying to get into the uh, what is it called, Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll probably jump into that if not next week, week after that. Okay. Well, that's it. What about you? Uh. Oh, my fourth run through Resident Evil Village. <laughs> I'm trying to go for the Platinum Trophy, so that's why I'm doing it again. Right now, I'm like halfway through the game on like the hardest difficulty. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because like two hits and like is like you're already like dead, practically. Okay. So that's... uh, I'm, much, I'm playing it much more defensively and cautious than I have before. Are you enjoying this more than the remix? Yes. Yeah. All right. I, I, I like that? first person Resident Evil more, I think. Okay, I was about to ask you that. Is it the first person, or is it just that this game has more replayability? It has more replayability, but Resident Evil Three also has the same thing, where like you beat the game once and you like get collectibles and you can like go back and do like more things and stuff with more content. I just I don't know. I just really like this game. I just enjoyed it a lot. I cool with the story though. The story is play it over and over again. Yeah, I mean, some of the events are kind of like yeah, yeah. I've already heard this part. Like skip, skip, skip. But like some of the like the scariest part for me is still like you still feel tension? it still feels it's still no matter how many times i play that part i still get tension i still get nervous so like i i i'll listen to a podcast and lower the volume on the tv <laughs> to get through it because <laughs> it's just easier for me that way okay. aside for that because i do get i do i'm getting to the point where i'm starting to get that fatigue for the game like okay like i can't just do this today like this can't be the only thing i play today right mm-hmm. so i went back to uh Final Fantasy 14 for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Probably a couple... I did a couple of missions, and now I'm like, I'm for sure... I know I'm near the end of, like, the base game. Because, like, I got to that point where the game's like, like, here it is. Like, this is, like, the last, like, stretch. We're going to do this and this, and then we're going to face, like, the final boss. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, we're making the preparations for, like, the final... Like, the end of the base base game. So I'm like, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, I am doing... I'm playing Cold War. I was playing Cold War with the... A new friend I made uh, over uh, over the PSN network, uh, just someone that I was playing that we got kind of like hit it off and we played a couple matches, and I've been playing with him uh, Warzone and regular. Is that eighties? Uh, yes. Is it out yet? Yes, yeah. it is. I got I got I got John Ram. Yeah, I got John Rambo. That trailer sounds dope, dude. I mean the the DLC sounds dope. It's cool. It's really I like it. It's uh, it's just something cool. Like when you're at the game lobby or like you're dropping to Warzone, mm-hmm. and like it just zooms in. It's just like Rambo, like looking like you're ready to deploy. It's just so cool. He has a really dope like finisher. Or like, go ahead. Is it just like a level and a character, or is there some type of story to it? No, there's not really a story. I think there's like okay, so there's like the battle pass, which is like if you're familiar with Fortnite, you know what that is already. Yeah. But there's also like a separate one for like multiplayer that's like different from Warzone. Or like you have to get like certain kills or perform certain. Like they changed the Warzone map. They added a, uh, I forget what it's called. It's the one from Die Hard, the Nak- Nakatami Plaza, or whatever it's called. It's like a big building. It's like the setting of the first Die Hard game movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that they added that building and the surrounding area into the Warzone map, and like there's some like challenges tied to that specific building and stuff. And there's like there's like Easter eggs and stuff like that, but really it's just the addition of. Um, john mcclain and john rambo to the game and it's just kind of like eh. it's like kind of like what they do with fortnite where they add new skins and stuff like they come with like exclusive like gears and like calling cards and emblems and stuff so and how then, does that change though on the map are they gonna take that off later or is, does it kind of remain that's a good question i think it's probably they'll probably just make it disappear one day and it's just like oh like there it is like it's gone 
I can't imagine it staying permanently. That would what, just you be think weird. You keep those skins. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because I, I well, I, I bought the skin for John oh, Rambo. Okay. For Rambo, and it also comes like because like Rambo is associated with the M60, so he has like mm-hmm. his own version of the M60, like his own like like customized like blueprint for it. Uh-huh. And then he has like this his own cool like finisher. So like in Call of Duty, if you get behind somebody and you hold down the melee button, your character will do like a special like stylized like like execution. And for John, it's for Rambo. It's really cool. Right? You stab him in the knife, you jump over them, and then you get your bow out and you shoot him with like an explosive arrow. And so they just—it's really dope. It's really dope. So I'm loving that. Other than that, I'm kind of getting back into Borderlands Three again. Like I told you earlier, because I yeah. just want to get the trophies. And like Borderlands Three, like runs really well on the PS5 now. Still haven't tried the 60 FPS patch for Last of Us Two. I probably will during the summer when I'm like not working. I'll probably get around to finally downloading and trying it out. But um, I don't. That's that's I'm fully caught up. That's you're fully caught up with what I've been playing now. So be that as it may, Johnny. Let's go into the last segment of our show. Let's go. Well, be- before we do that though, yeah, we do have no. Yes, we finally got an email from a listener, Johnny. Let's check it out real quick. <laughs> This is more like a gag email than a serious email. Uh, it comes from past guest Brian Sanchez. The email is titled, I don't like Johnny's voice or face. Mm. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, Xbox fanboy. He goes on to say, P.S. Get with the times, old man. Yahoo is for boomers. Wait, what? Brian told me, get P.S. Get with the times. Get with the times. Yahoo is for boomers. Oh, he's talking to you. Yes, he's talking oh. to me there. Okay. So he kind of dissed each one of us. So you know what, Brian? Screw you. Okay? How about that? Okay, that's the end of that letter. That's it? Yeah, that's all he said. <laughs> he doesn't know how to talk shit. <laughs> he does it, but it's funny. Because he literally did what I said to do. Like, just tell me if you don't like Johnny's voice or something. And he literally did it. So there you go. All right. Let's move on to the pitch, Johnny. Here we go. For those of you, for the uninitiated... Uh, the pitch is a segment that Johnny and I do where we get two canisters that are filled with papers. Each of these papers has a theme or a genre of video game. Johnny takes one, I take one, and we put them together to come up with one concept for a video game and we try to sell the idea of the game to the audience or I guess to each other. Yeah, Brian, go ahead and send another email. <laughs> is this going to be like a weekly thing, Brian's email? <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, it's just insults after insults each time. All right, Johnny, what do you got? I got Caribbean. I think you've, we've already Slash Pirates. I got Caribbean slash Pirates. All right, let me pull this one out and then. Watch it be like first person shooter or something stupid like that. What is it? Is it really? No, it's, it's one, it's, they're ones that we've already gotten. Okay. And you don't think it works? Like it's too recent? It works, but it's just too recent. Okay. So like this one was literally the very last one that we did. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Puzzle? Hmm? Puzzle? No, or Asia? I don't want to say it because I'm... Alright. Caribbean Pirates is the my half. <laughs> okay. What is it? We haven't done this one. Platformer. Mm, okay. That doesn't, doesn't sound... really work. It does. It just doesn't I mean, sound very fun. Yeah, it does sound all that So, fun. Platformers is like your Super Marios, your Crash Bandicoots, your Spyros. Those are platformers. What do you play? What it, on a pirate ship? Platform on the... I mean, that's literally Donkey Kong Country too. like where they're like half of the levels are like ship-based. No, but they're on a, in the jungle, dude. No, but they're, that, the second one has like a lot of ships in it. It's like because it's like a pirate because King K. Rule is like a pirate in that one. Yeah. Are you, are you trying for another one? Alright, okay. You don't want to do platformer? That's I'm going to update these. I, I think we have uh, too few. I want to add dinosaur next time to one of the themes. Okay. I'm going to add dinosaur next time. Okay. What you got? RTS. A real-time strategy... Oh, that'd be dope! A real-time strategy pirate game? Yeah, how do you want to do this? Oh, okay, okay. Um, so you start off on 
What is that island? It's like the Pirates like Republic. Do you remember? It's Pirates Republic. What? It's okay. So in the golden age of piracy, Blackbeard and some of the other notable pirates, like they had an island that they had to themselves where they tried to build the first like pirate republic. Like it's actually oh. self-governing owned like a little utopia nation. Yes. Or like no matter like anybody could go there. Like that was like a refuge and like they had like cannons. So like the Spanish and the English couldn't invade. Mm-hmm. Basically like their headquarters for like its own like Port Royale. That's what it was called. Port okay. Royale. So we're doing pirates versus Spaniards and they're trying to get to their safe haven? Well, we're still trying to figure this out. The RTS aspects. Like, RTS is not like XCOM, right? This is more like Command and Conquer, right? So we need resources, uh, right? It's a little too similar for me. We're looking for like resources, right? RTS has evolved like tower That's defense. That's true. That's a good point. So we're going to need like wood. So imagine, like send out a group to chop down wood for like buildings. Send out a group to like mine for silver. Send out a group to you know like that kind of, like traditional RTS stuff like where you're managing resources. Okay, so we got to collect all these resources and then we start building uh, different things like fortifications. Yeah. Okay, so they I had think catapults. they were advanced to the point where they had trebuchets, which is like a stronger catapult. What's the difference? Uh, more more force, more power, more distance. More accuracy. A catapult is just the one where it's like it's just like a spoon that flings. A trebuchet is the one with like the rope where it pulls it all the way around and uh, tosses okay. it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, you get way more range that way. So we're building a bunch of ships, little ships, and like these massive ships. I like the idea of like having like a fleet, and then you send out your fleets on like excavations, and then like a couple of days later they come back, and like this is what we found, boss. Like, mm-hmm. like little dispatch units kind of thing. Yeah, and then we we have to make uh, like. Uh, like you can send units what did they out. Drink? Was it whiskey? What was it? Rum was like the main thing. Oh, that's right, rum. So we got to get, like, to keep um sure morale up for the for the troops. Mm-hmm. Got to get them some rum. Um, so we invest in sugarcane. So because rum some, is mostly made from sugarcane. Maybe we build some brothels. Gotta keep morale up. So mm-hmm. those social links. So we got rep weaponry, transportation, buildings that keep morale up, and then. There's probably gonna be like a main like a main campaign scenarios or like like sir like we got a letter from like and there's like a warning that there's like a a fleet of British ships coming this way like we have a few days to prepare like our fortifications or something. Mm-hmm. So what's the antagonist? It would have to be like the Imperial the we call it the British East Trading Company which is like the the I think they're like the first corporation in the world I think like they actually have stock. Yeah, one of the biggest ones if not the biggest. Yeah. So they would is be... Is it the Dutch East India? Or you're right. That... I'm sorry. Dutch East India Company. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. There's two major ones. There's the British one and the Dutch. Yeah, the Dutch one is the one that's the first, like, incorporated, I think. That's the older one, I think. Okay. So as a pirate, as a... Basically, you're just, like, ransacking. You're interfering with commerce. You're, like, a threat to the economy for, like, the Spaniards, the French, the British... So I have to imagine, like, the antagonist is not a single antagonist as much as it is, like, these nations that are coming down on you because you're, like, messing with, like, their economy. I might be getting this wrong, but I think uh, I, I think we can make Mansa Musa the main antagonist because I believe he owned the Dutchies company, I think. Montezuma? No. Uh, no, I didn't say Montezuma. I said um, Mansa Musa. Mansa Musa? Yeah. The African emperor? Uh, yeah. What day was that? I mean, what's the date on that? That's way before this. Was it? Yeah. I'm trying to find an antagonist. Like a main guy that, you you know. Well, if it's an RTS, it doesn't have to be a single main antagonist. There's usually like... RTSs usually play out like groups or nations against each other. Okay, fine. I mean, you can come up with one. It could be King George or something if you want, but like... No, let's just go with the nation. Okay. The corporation. So you have to like fortify your defenses. You have to get your weapons ready. You gotta like be able to like repel or like survive a certain amount of turns, and then they retreat and stuff. And like maybe you can make it so like you expand out. Right? RTSs have like expansion, right? Yeah. So maybe you spread like beyond Port Royal and you conquer like other colonies. So we take over other little islands. Mm-hmm. Build those, and it gets to the point where you're just basically just micromanaging all of these like twenty four seven kind of thing. You know what? I, I sort of want to make it a little bit mythical. You know, like there's there's still treasure that they're looking for, and you got to go to like certain little islands, and you have like 
not everything is going to be direct combat versus a corporation, but it might be combat against, like, these ghouls or some shit. Okay. You know? And then there's stuff like the Kraken boss battle. Release the Kraken. Yeah, so we got a couple of uh, sea monsters going on. This is starting to remind me of, um, there's a game called Sid Meier's Pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basic. It's basically kind of like a trade sim where like you're just like going to different ports, selling your goods, and like finding other pirates and stuff. This sounds a lot like that, Brian. If you're listening, Brian knows what I'm talking about. It sounds like just like Sid Meier's Pirates, but um, I like I like the fantastical elements because then it allows us to kind of like we don't have to be historically accurate. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to kind of like stray from that a little bit. So I like that idea. I like that idea. But I think. I think there's an opportunity where you change the mechanics. Like, how are you going to fight a Kraken, right? Right, you can't you just... I, well, I guess you could treat it as, like, a unit and, like, just, like, send waves of your people at it. That's not as fun as it would be, like, if it was, like, a naval battle or well, something. Well, I guess the difference is you have to decide. Like, you could have, um... What is it? Uh, like, not a witch, but, like, the crystal ball, right? And she tells you, hey, on this date, this way you know what to prepare for. So she says, hey, in this date, there's going to be a Kraken coming your way, you know? Okay. So then you can decide, I got to make catapults. I got to make these spears. I got to make... So there's, like, different yeah. ways. Civilization does that, too, where, like, you have you have four advisors. And each advisor advises you on, like, agriculture, production, or, like, warfare. Uh-huh. And, like, you'll check in with them every now and then. They'll tell you, like... Like, so-and-so is, like, building up. Like, we have word that so-and-so is, like, a real military threat. Or, like, yeah. so-and-so has a lot of money. And so it's, like, huh. Like, okay. Like, that's... You know what to... Like, what's more likely to be, like, the next scenario or something. Yeah, so... What is that called, though? Advisor? Uh, advisor, witch, or somebody that's... Counselor. Uh, that's reading the stars. Your priest. Your... What else can we do with this? It sounds like just, like, a straight-up RTS, honestly. Managing units, resources... To the point where, like, it's almost impossible to, like, manage the individual thing because you're managing the empire, the network. Mm-hmm. At which point, you're pretty much just, like, controlling large swaths of, like, islands just to, like, focus on this, focus on that threat. And it's just kind of, like, like you reach the like, the end game portion of the game. Yeah, that's what I didn't want. I wanted to have Stay a, personal? a bunch of layers and feel, yeah, feel a little bit more personal. Well, how does it, okay, how does that, how did those mechanics work in, like, your Frostpunk game that you played the... Frost, um, was it called Frostpunk or was it called? Yeah, Frostpunk. Frostpunk, um, the reason it feels personal is just the story, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it has, um, it kind of zooms in, like, into a picture. It, it becomes, um, like a novel. Mm-hmm. So it's not just everything that you see on, on the ground, on the floor, but it kind of gives you a novel. There's like a backstory you, going on. Yeah, it shows you photos of, it draws out photos of, of the people that are suffering or how they die. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So what? So like the pirates, like if they don't have enough resources, get scurvy or something. They get scurvy and then it shows like their their ailments. Okay. It shows their, their like skin is... So you got to balance warfare with resource management, with nutritional needs. With It's, it's like a full scale like sim slash... It's like a management sim slash RTS. Yeah. Okay. Who's making this game? Frostpunk. Whoever made that game. Okay, who made that game? Because I don't know. My first guess would be uh, Firaxis Studios, the ones that do Civilization. Or no, that's the ones who do the Sid Meier games. Firaxis under 2K. Mm-hmm. So I'm inclined to go with Firaxis, unless we can figure out who does sign, who does the Frostpunk game that you like. I'm leaning toward Firaxis, but we'll see. From... 11-Bit Studios. Okay. Are they under somebody, or are they just like their own thing? Mm, let's see. I don't know. I just know they're from Poland. <sighs> All right. So then, okay, we'll go with the Limit Studios. What's the name of this game, Johnny? You're really good at the names lately. You've been good at the game at the names lately. I have a name, but I can't. The word doesn't come to. What is it called when um there's a rebellion on the ship? Mutiny. Yeah, something with mutiny. Hmm. With mutiny or kraken? Yeah, kraken mutiny doesn't quite roll off the tongue. How about something like black seas. Okay, I mean it's really similar to black sails, but I will allow it. Black seas, and then the subtitle would be mutiny or what? Yeah. Black seas mutiny. Yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah, I mean it gets like the pirate thing across. 
I probably would switch out Mutiny because I don't think unless Mutiny is an actual mechanic in the game, I would go with something that like kind of gets like the warfare aspect or like the management, like uh, Black Seas, Port Royale or Black Seas, naval warfare, Black Seas. Uh, Black Seas piracy, Black Seas buccaneers, Black Seas. Uh, damn, what's the most favorite favorite pirate? I don't know. There's a lot of them, like uh, Jack Sparrow, Blackbeard, right? Blackbeard's the most famous one. Yeah, uh, not the most successful, not the most successful, but the most famous. I mean, there's Blackbeard's conquest, but that sounds too commercial to me. Yeah, I don't like right? it. Yeah, I don't like it either. Black Seas Conquest? How about just that? Sure. You don't seem convinced on it, no. though. Let's just go with Black Seas, then. Black Seas yeah, is yeah, fine. Let's, stick with that. let's keep it simple. Okay, All let's right. go with Black Seas. And this is the 11 Bit Studios. All right, let's wish it. It's what's it called? Call it to action. Wish it. Put it out to the universe and see if they'll make it. <laughs> You're not going to go with the pun? What's the pun here? Like, let's let it sail or something. I don't have good puns. Let it sail? I, I don't know. Is that a good pun? No, it's awful, but that, I'm asking you. I don't know. Let's set it on a course. How about that? There we go. Set it on a course All right. out there to uncharted waters, and hopefully somebody picks up the idea. All right, Johnny. So that kind of brings us to the natural close and end of, today, of this week's episode. you have any final words you want to put out there? I think we should um, put out some predictions before uh, E3. So we'll do that next week? or We'll probably do that next week, I think. Uh, I have a couple ideas, but I want to double check to see if they're even feasible first. Like, I don't want to say, oh, I believe so-and-so is going to announce this. And like, oh, so-and-so is not even going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and for the audience, I want to see predictions come in. Oh, there's a good idea. Yeah, if you have any predictions, uh, email us at uh, yahoo.com. Again, that is DualSense Podcast, all one word, at yahoo.com. Send us your E3 predictions, and we will read them next week. Yeah, I like the idea. Good good idea, Johnny. You're, see, that's why they pay you the big bucks. All right, so go ahead and send us your emails. Like I said, thank you for listening if you made it this far. Uh, if you could, we would appreciate it if you gave us uh, whatever metric your podcast app uses for gauging the, how good a podcast is whether it's stars or thumbs ups or likes or whatever and uh, tell your friends about us tell your friends about us if they care about video games or anything so with that said uh, I guess we'll see you next time so goodbye guys bye guys <laughs>